Thank you, Levi. Uh, we are continuing in a series on the life of David. And if you've not been with us yet, if you're here for the first time, uh, we've been walking through this story together. We've talked about the fact that Saul has been rejected as king, and now we're, we're kind of moving on with the story. Uh, today we come to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16, if you'd like to turn there in your Bibles. How many of you, uh, how many of you like music? Anybody? Yeah? You don't have to raise your hand on these, but country, jazz, blues, pop, classical. Uh, styles are varied, but the truth remains. Music does something in our souls. And from early on in Scripture, we find music. In Genesis chapter 4, we have this genealogy that begins with Adam and describes his early descendants. And in verse 20, it says, Adah gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. And it says his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who played stringed instruments and pipes. So very early on in the scriptures, we find music. But it doesn't end there. If you take the Bible as a whole, you see that right in the middle of the Bible is this book of songs or psalms. We have 150 of them. Over half of them were written by David. And some of them may have even been written in the context of today's story. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, we are going to get into that in just a moment here. But before we dive into that passage, allow me to take just a minute and just kind of review where we've been so far. Again, we began the series with Saul as disobedient. God had rejected him as king. We discussed last week Samuel traveling to the house of Jesse to anoint the new king. And he, uh, again, the new king was not the one that, Je that Samuel thought he was going to anoint. In fact, he went through all of Jesse's sons and he said, is there anyone else here? Yeah, we've got this one out in the sheep field. And they bring him in and sure enough, it's David and he is anointed as king. And then David goes back to the sheep field to work again. Da David is living in between here. He, he knows what God is going to do, but God has not yet done it. And it is in this context that we open up our story today, reading in verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Now how many of you read that and say, wow, that's a little scary, isn't it, to think of the spirit of God leaving and an evil spirit coming. And we ask questions like, does it work that way? Can the Holy Spirit leave us? Now we have to remember this is a thousand years before Jesus shows up. And in the Old Testament, we often see the Spirit of God coming and going. But in the New Testament, things work a little different. In Acts chapter 2, do you remember that story in Pentecost where the Spirit of God comes on the believers? Jesus had promised that a spirit, the Spirit was coming in a new and different way. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And in Acts 2, when the Spirit comes, he lands on the people of God in a permanent sort of way. Not in the same way that this is happening in the Old Testament. So what's happening in, happening in Samuel chapter 16 is very different from how the Spirit of God operates today. In fact, scholars tell us that the Spirit of God never permanently rested on any believer except David and John the Baptist before Pentecost. At the same time, in the Old Testament, it was not uncommon for the Spirit to come for a temporary period of time and then depart. And so here we read, the Spirit of the Lord has departed from Saul, and at the same time, this evil spirit is tormenting him. And notice it says the evil spirit is from the Lord. You know, David 
after he sins with Bathsheba, he fears that the same thing is going to happen to him. And if you read Psalm 51, you can read more about his thoughts about being fearful that the Spirit will leave him. Because David knows the torment that Saul has experienced. He sees it firsthand. So what does Saul do? Look at verse 17. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. Now it's worth noting that in this day and time, the ancients believed that music soothed passions. That music actually would, they would use it to treat mental illness. They believed that music could keep riots from happening. This is kind of how people believed in that day and time. And so here, God is going to use this dynamic, this evil spirit tormenting Saul, as a way to bring David into the palace. We're going to see how this plays out. Verse 18, one of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. Now look at a few of these phrases here. If you look at the Hebrew here, we have several different phrases. The first one is translated as brave. ESV translates it as a man of valor. It has to do with wealth, it has to do with honor. And, and while David is not necessarily wealthy, he is from a family that is well-to-do. And so this could very well be talking about his family. And then the second phrase that describes David is that he is a warrior. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, David hasn't fought in any battles yet. He's just hanging out in a sheep field. He's not yet slaying Goliath, so why is he called a warrior? Again, this is probably referring to his family. His family is a family of warriors. The third phrase is translated as prudent in speech, or he speaks well. Now that same description is used of other Old Testament characters. Jacob is described that way, so is Joseph and Daniel and Abigail. And then another phrase that describes David is that he is a fine-looking man, or a man of good presence is what the ESV, how the ESV translates that phrase. That word is used to describe Rachel being beautiful in Genesis chapter 29. It describes Joseph in Genesis 39. It describes Abigail again in 1 Samuel chapter 25. Now, all these characteristics are interesting, but perhaps the greatest characteristic of David is the last one that's mentioned in verse 18. And the what? The Lord is with him. You see, Saul's got this evil spirit tormenting him. And he knows that David can play music, which seems to be the way in which this could be relieved. And the Lord is with David. God is with him. So they present David's resume, certainly impressed by all that they are reading there. Let's not forget, though, at this point, he's just a shepherd tending sheep. And he's a shepherd tending sheep, perhaps in the quiet moments of that occupation, is where David picked up the lyre and began to play. He began to play, maybe just to pass the time by, but God would use that in his life to bring him into the palace. So he sent word to Jesse in verse 19, Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Now notice this time they specified to Jesse which son. When Samuel came to anoint, he overlooked David. David was a nobody in the field. But this time they're looking for a specific skill set. And David has it. They're not looking for a warrior. They're looking for a musician. They're not looking for a king. They're looking for someone to take care of their king. And God is going to use this to bring David into the palace. He has the right uh, talents, the right skill set. So David, David's father Jesse loads him up. And sends him to the king in verse 20. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat. And sent them with his son David to Saul. 
Now picture with me young David. He's going to see the king. God is moving. God is working. God is bringing him to the place where he needs to be at this time. He's leaving the sheep field. And he's going to the palace. Now he's not yet king. God certainly has more to teach him. But let's keep going in the story. Chuck Swindoll in his book, a man, David, A Man of Passion and Destiny, says this about this particular period of David's life. He said, David didn't know it, but he was getting ready to enter boot camp on the road to becoming a king. I love that phrase, boot camp. David is going to be trained. David is going to be prepared to be who God wants him to be. God uses the harp, the lyre, to open the door to the palace you know think about that for a moment how might God be using something in your life now you you might think it's insignificant but God might be using that small detail of your life to prepare you for something in the future verse 21 David came to Saul and entered his service and imagine the scene for a moment here Saul's successor is standing right before him and he doesn't even know it Now, this is apparently the first time that David and Saul meet. And I want to note again that David has already been anointed. But Saul doesn't know it, and David doesn't mention it wisely. We read in verse 21, Saul liked him very much. And David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Why did Saul like David? Because David provided the help that he needed. We read in verse 23, whenever the spirit, spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. You can imagine Saul suffering from the effects of this evil spirit. Perhaps it's late at night. Maybe he's pacing the floor. He calls David in. David sits and plays his harp. Perhaps David is singing one of the psalms that we sing today. Perhaps Saul is even singing with him. And Saul would feel better. David, he wants David to stay. And he sends word to his dad, let him stay longer. Now, notice David is not trying to take Saul out. He's simply serving right where God puts him. God is teaching him. God has given him insight. God is using him. You know, in these years, God was doing something in David. You have to wonder, how many of the Psalms would be vacant if David had not served in this way? You know, music is powerful, isn't it? It works in our souls. Here, God is using music to form a king. Music is a key part of who God is. Job tells us that before man was created, the morning stars sang together. Music is a key part of worship. It's a good key part of God working in our souls. That's why we sing on Sunday mornings. Music changes us. Music resists evil in our lives. And maybe this morning you're struggling. Maybe you're fighting the forces of evil in your own life. Perhaps you would just simply fill your soul with music. Music has a way of healing our souls. As we close our time together this morning, it's important to ask the question, well, what does this story have to do with us today in 2023 how does God want us to be impacted by David's story I'd like to take just a few minutes and pull out a few applications from this story first I think it's important that we learn from David's ability to simply live in the place where God has placed us think about that for a moment David is young at this point in his life you know sometimes young people think they know everything right 
You know, sometimes they think, I'm ready to be king. I'm anointed king, right? I'm supposed to be the one king, not Saul. He could have been that way, but David wasn't that way at all, was he? David was simply faithful. He was humble. He just did what he was told to do. He used his harp. He played his music. And he did what God had called him to do. David is living in between, though, isn't he? He knows what God has for him one day, but again, he's not yet there. Maybe this morning you're in a place like that. Maybe you're living in between. Maybe you know God is going to do something in your life. Maybe God has called you to some place, but but you're not yet there. Let me encourage you this morning. Just be faithful wherever God has put you and doing whatever God has called you to do. David is an example for us. David's faithfulness is an example for us. David is simply playing the harp for Saul. He's doing all that he can, and he does it faithfully. He's patient. He's trusting God. We, we are called to do the same. Secondly, we learn in this story the importance of music. Isn't it interesting how God uses music in this story in a powerful sort of way? He uses music really to put David right where he needs to be. And music is important. Music has the potential to heal or soothe our souls. And if you think about it, we all have music in our pockets all the time, right? But probably with just a few clicks on our cell phone, we can have whatever song we want playing through our earbuds, right? We don't have to call somebody in to play the harp for us. So let me encourage you with that. Maybe God would be challenging you in some way. Maybe you're going through a difficult time in your life. Find music that is godly music, that is God's truth music, and put it into your soul. Allow God to use music to heal you. Again, maybe this morning you're hurting. Maybe you're struggling. Let me encourage you to turn to the Psalms, to turn to God's Word, and allow music to heal you. Allow it to penetrate your soul. Again, that's a very spiritual thing to do. And thirdly, as we read this text here, we're pointed to the Psalms. And again, throughout David, this uh, series on David, we're going to be uh, singing Psalms. We're going to be reading Psalms. We're going to be talking about Psalms. And I love Psalms because Psalms are not just what's going on. They're the prayers of David while what is going on is happening, right? And so as we're reading the story, it's appropriate to go back to the Psalms. As we get into David's life, we're going to see many struggles in his life. And we not only have the advantage of reading the story, but we have the advantage of reading his prayers to God. So as we encounter his story, his prayers can become our prayers. I'm excited about walking through David's life with you. We're going to take one step at a time, walking through piece after piece over the next few weeks. I wonder how God might be speaking to us today. Would you pray with me? God, we're grateful this morning for the life of David. We're grateful, God, that David was faithful, that he was serving right where you placed him. God, help us to have the same perspective. And and God, wherever you've placed us in life, help us to be faithful, to do what you've called us to do, to, to not get in a hurry, to be patient, to wait on you, to allow you to be the one to tell us to take the next step. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.